I loved the movie when I was a kid, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Do you remember? I mean, sure you do. Come on, right? Ferris is an absolute legend in high school. He's so cool. He's so popular. He's loved by all the kids in the school, no matter what faction or group they belong to within high school. And he gets into some trouble because he wants to take a day off and he gets into trouble with the principal who's hunting him down. And at one point, the principal says to the school administrator, why do they like him so much? Why do the students like him so much? And the, the administrator, this prim and proper lady says, they say he's one righteous dude. And uh, I think it's quite funny coming from her mouth. Anyway, of course, right? Uh, you can go watch the movie on Netflix and, and decide for yourself if Ferris really is a righteous dude. But I do want to talk about righteousness today. The Urban Dictionary defines righteousness as containing the best possible attributable qualities. And that, the, the example they give is this, oh man, that lasagna was righteous. That example is great, right? I, I thought I'd include that because I don't think anyone in the history of the world has ever described a lasagna as righteous, but there it is. Actually though, the Urban Dictionary isn't too bad. We, we've kind of shifted it a little bit. In religious circles, we've narrowed it down to the definition to be something about morally moral behavior. You know, you're right or wrong, good and evil. Someone who is righteous is, is morally good. But I mean, that's a bit narrow for what is actually, uh, what righteousness is actually all about. A much more accurate, perhaps, a more practical definition would come from Tim Keller. You know, he says, righteousness is a validating performance record which opens doors. Now, that's a bit different, right? Uh, so uh, let me give you an example. A friend of mine drives trucks for a living. Every time he gets another job or he's asked to drive a different type of vehicle, he has to produce his valid driving license and show that he, he, on his record that he hasn't been booked for any traffic offences. And so he presents his record. And if it's good enough, and if he's good enough, they'll accept it and give him the work. Or, or that, so it's a valid performance record. You see, this is his righteousness for this job. And another friend of mine is attempting to get into a university course and is struggling because they've got a, they're coming from overseas. You know, there's a huge amount of red tape. She has to get all the transcripts and reports and she has to show the university what study she's done before and the marks she got. And she has to present her case. She has to prove that she is worthy enough of the degree. She has to give her grades and say, accept me. And hopefully they will. We all do it too, don't we? We do it. What about a resume? You know, a resume is a document of righteousness. It's a vocational record. It, it shows your accomplishments and achievements and you take it to a prospective employer and you say, this shows that I am worthy of this position. Accept me. And if it is, if your performance record is good enough, if you're good enough, the door opens and well, you get paid, hopefully. That's the way it is in life. You know, everybody has these performance records, validating performance records, which by which you, you get a job or you get into school or, or, or whatever. And that's righteousness. And that's all good and well. But what if you're not a Christian? What if you're not a believer in anything, not a, any sort of religious person? What if you say, I'm not into righteousness. I'm not into moral records or whatever. I'm, I'm a secular person. That's nice for you religious people that this has nothing to do with me. Well, I want to tell you that everyone is seeking righteousness. That's the point of our definition. You see, in Romans 3, Paul uses what looks like two words. He uses the words righteousness and justification. At least that's how they're translated in our New International Version. 
Romans 3, 21 to 22. Now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And then in 23, for all who have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So what I want to say to you today is though those two words, righteousness and justification, are actually the same Greek word. Uh, There it is on the screen for you. To be justified and to be righteous is the same thing. And the truth is, deep down, everyone is looking to be justified. One of the common examples of this is, is always given by preachers all over the world. The movie Chariots of Fire. Olympic sprinter Harold Abrahams is, is thinking about his upcoming race. And he says this, And now, in one hour's time, I'll be out there again. I will raise my eyes and look down that corridor four feet wide with ten lonely seconds to justify my existence. But will I? See, he wants to know if he's justified in being there. He wants to know that his life is worth something. He wants to know that his life is going to count for something. He wants to know that he is a person who's worthy of being known and accepted. And the way he does that is by running really, really fast. So many people seek to justify themselves by their achievements, perhaps in sport or or something else, arts. Tim Keller tells the story of Sidney Pollack. In his work, he's a famous movie producer. He dies in 2007, but he could never stop making movies right up until the end. His family would say, please stop. You are shortening your life and we want to spend more time with you. But he couldn't stop. Near the end of his life, he spoke to a newspaper and he said the following. Every time I finish a picture, I feel as though I've earned my stay for another year or so. You see, Pollock believed that he was put on this earth to make movies. And so making movies justifies him being here. This is where he says, my life counts. This is why I figure it's okay for me to take another breath. This is how he says my life is worthwhile. This is how he gets a sense of validity and acceptability. He makes movies and he has to keep making them. Because it only lasts a year or so. Right up till the day he died. You know, sometimes people look at their achievements, they look at their work, and sometimes they look at their relationships and their family and they derive a sense of validity from that. I'm a good wife, look at what I do, look at how clean my house is. I'm a good husband, look how well I provide for my family, look how well my lawn is mowed or whatever. Or or, I'm a great parent, look how great my kids are, look how successful they are. Truth is this, if you look to your relationships, your partner, your your children, to validate your existence, you will very quickly squash the life out of those relationships. No one can bear the burden of validating another person's existence. In fact, if you're looking to another person to provide validation for your own existence, it's not loving, it's selfish. Because it's about what you get out of it, not what you give into it. Anyway, that's a bit of an aside. But the the point, you see the point, right? Deep down, whether we're religious or not, everyone is struggling for justification or righteousness. Everyone wants to know that it's worth them being here. Everybody is wrestling and struggling for validation, for worth, acceptability. 
righteousness. The unique message of the gospel, like we said last week, it's good news, not good advice. The unique message of the gospel is that righteousness is given through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile or anything else. For all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God, and they are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. I, I like the way these verses are summarized for us in one of the core statements of faith in the Salvation Army. It says this, we believe that we are justified by grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to unpack this three parts phrase for us this morning as we finish. Justified, we've talked about. We are justified by faith. The gift of God is an assurance that we no longer have to struggle to try and justify our existence. We no longer have to try and prove to others or ourselves that we are worthy of taking another breath. We no longer have to wrestle to earn acceptability. All of that is given to us. That's the first part of it. Second part says, by grace, justified by grace. You see, by grace. Why, why, why are we justified? By grace. John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the life of the justified. God so loved that he justified you. I can't tell you why God loves you, right? I, I can't tell you why God loves me or anyone else. That's one of the great mysteries of my existence, but I can tell you that he does. I can tell you that that is his grace. Why? How can I tell you that? How do I know that? Because I have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus, God of the universe in the flesh, died on a cross because he taught that God of the universe himself is love and that his love for us and his grace offered to us is infinite. Now, I believe that to be true. And if you believe this to be true, if you have faith that Jesus did this and that Jesus was who we said he was, then you have to draw a logical conclusion, right? The logical conclusion is that if God of the universe is willing to die for you, then you must be pretty worthy, right? You, you must be acceptable. You, your existence must be valid. You, you must be pretty justified. You must be pretty righteous, right? You can't argue with that. God died for you. You can't undo it. You can't stop it. It happened 2,000 years ago. So the result of this part of the letter to the Romans is that we are in the clear. We don't have to look to our behavioral record to see if we can justify our existence. We don't have to look to our work performance to see if we can justify our existence. We don't have to look to our track record as parents or partners to see if we can justify our existence because our existence is fully justified already because God said so. We are in the clear. The question is, do you believe? Do you believe what Jesus said? Do you believe what Paul said? Do you believe what I said? 